Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau responds to questions about Canada's gun laws in the wake of the school shooting in Texas. We've just recently further strengthened background check requirements uh, for purchasing firearms in Canada. Last year, we banned military-style assault weapons, which are now illegal to buy, to sell, or to use anywhere in Canada. And we have committed to moving forward on doing even more. The Justice Minister says he's concerned about the constitutional rights of minorities in Quebec. I'm a Quebecer. As a citizen of Quebec, I'm concerned about access to health care. I'm concerned about uh, search and seizures and the ability, uh, the ability to conduct search and seizures and whether that violates charter, charter rights. I'm concerned about the potential impact on immigration. Again, all of this will depend on how the Act is actually implemented. And candidates gather for the final debate of the Conservative leadership race. It seems to me that, that Poiliev's scorched earth policy here, where he's, where he's basically taking pot shots at everybody uh, and everything, is having an impact. It's Thursday, May 26th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by National Post columnist, John Iveson. Good morning, John. Morning, Mark. So the events in Texas, obviously, the, the school shooting there, have touched off a debate uh, in, in the United States, uh, but now in Canada as well, about gun laws and gun control. And the prime minister is suggesting that there could be more measures added in Canada in the weeks ahead. Uh, he was asked about it. Many Canadian politicians have been weighing in on what this means. What do you expect? What do you think is going to happen? Well, it, this is obviously not just sparked by the, uh, the awful events in Texas. The, the government has been planning for quite a while to to take more action on firearms. Um, you know, they've strengthened the background checks required to purchase firearms. Last year, they banned what they call military-style assault weapons. And there are further moves expected. It's not entirely clear what's going to come down, but uh, it looks most likely it's going to be on, on handguns. You know, the, the government did have a bill which died in the last parliament, which essentially was, was uh, aimed at handguns. It then promised in the election to provide a billion dollars to provinces to bring in their own bans. And then, of course, um, it became quite clear that provinces like Ontario and Quebec were not very keen on bans on, gun, on guns. Uh, Doug Ford, the Ontario Premier, or the progressive Conservative leader who wants to be the Ontario Premier again, the, the elections next week, he said he's more focused on funding police services to fight gangs and guns. And so the, the federal government is in this odd position where it's got money on the table for provinces to bring in bans on handguns. And the provinces are saying, we don't want it. Hmm. Now, it seems to me most times that that happens, the provinces eventually take the money because the, the government chips away and it gets two or three provinces to take the money. And, and then, the, as with childcare, yeah. there's a couple of holdouts and eventually they, they, they take the money and follow through. But I think if that does not happen, then the government is also discussing, and I wrote about this a couple of months ago, the government is actually discussing bringing in a nationwide ban on handguns as a last resort. So I don't think we'll see that in the initial legislation, which could come down any time, and I do think they're waiting on the 
the Ontario election to be resolved first because Stephen Del Duca, the Ontario Liberal leader, has promised a ban on handguns in Ontario. So that would fall in line with what the, 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 the uh, federal government right. is, is, is wanting. I don't think that, uh, initially at least, that Ford or Francois Legault in, in Quebec are on side with that. And, uh, you know, I, I, not always that I agree with the federal government, but I do agree that uh, more action on handguns would be a good thing. I know it's not a panacea. I know that many guns are illegal and would not be caught up in this legislation. But just because you can't resolve the problem doesn't mean you do nothing. And, you know, I saw a, a murder similar to what happened, or a massacre similar to what happened in Texas, in Scotland, in Dunblane. Right. Uh, the, the most unlikely place for it ever to happen. A handgun ban in the UK followed, and guess what? No more yeah. similar school massacres. So I think it, it does have some effect, and um, and I think the government should be pretty strong on this. I know that people like Pierre Polyev would come out and say, oh, we need to be more free. And I you know, largely agree that we want, you want the government out of your life in many areas. But in this area, no. Hmm. All right, let's turn to uh, language rights in Quebec. Of course, earlier this week, Bill 96 passed in the National Assembly in Quebec City. Uh, the other bill that the federal government is is watching is Bill 21, the bill on secularism, which was passed in 2019 and and is is continuing. Uh, there are court challenges, obviously. It's continuing to be challenged. And David Lametti, the federal justice minister, said yesterday, the government's prepared to get involved in both these bills as they move through the courts, especially if they get to the Supreme Court. And it's it's always... Uh, it's always a debate whether the federal government should get involved in these kinds of issues, but this government appears ready to do so. Right, well, talking about getting government out of your life, the Quebec government is intruding into all aspects of uh, the uh, non-Francophone minorities' lives, uh, with essentially with state-sponsored discrimination, in my opinion. As, a, as an Anglo living in Quebec, I mean... Bill 96 essentially would mean that every interaction with the government that I have in uh, education or in health or in justice has to be in French or even in business. Businesses are going to be more heavily regulated. And, um, you know, I have a wife who speaks five languages and, and two bilingual children. People who without that kind of resource are going to really struggle. It's going to make life very hard to live in Quebec. And I think you're going to see a lot of people, I mean, I call it the Anglos Go Home Bill. Essentially, it's going to um, lead to a lot of people saying, I don't feel welcome here. And I do think it's a, a kind of, it's not the progressive, confident nationalism that Quebec likes to promote as itself. Legault likes to see his his government in those terms. But it's actually a narrow, early 20th century nationalism, and it's ugly. And uh, and the government's quite right to fight it. I mean, Lametti said yesterday, the notwithstanding clause, which has been used in both of these bills, Bill 21, which which uh, discriminates against religious minorities, and has been found to be discriminatory against religious minorities at the Quebec Superior Court. Except for the judge in that case said, well, it is discriminatory, but because the notwithstanding clause is there, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Which, which is what sent it to the Quebec Court of Appeal from where it will more than likely go to the Supreme Court of Canada, which yeah. is where the federal government will intervene. 
but, but you know, it's clearly discrimin- discriminatory, but it's shielded by the notwithstanding clause, which Lamedi said, when it was designed, was designed to be the last resort for governments, not the first resort. Right. And that's the way that this, uh, that's the way that uh, Liberal has used it. It's, it's unfortunate, it's ugly, it's discriminatory, and the federal government should oppose it, regardless of the fact that I do think that uh, the inevitable consequence is that uh, it will send nationalism in this province skyrocketing. Yeah. All right, finally, John, let's turn to the Conservative leadership race. Last night, the six candidates um, participated in the last official debate in French, uh, in Quebec, and uh, there, there, was, there were varying levels of, of uh, participation based on fluency in French, but uh, Patrick Brown went after Pierre Poilievre, and there were a lot of exchanges between uh, Pierre Poilievre and Jean Charest. Uh, what did you make of, of that, and, and what happens next in this leadership uh, race as we continue uh, moving towards September when a new leader of not only the Conservative Party but the official opposition will be chosen? Well, I think my takeaway take was summed up in a picture which I saw on the CTV website, which showed uh, Sheree kind of yucking it up with, uh, with uh, Lewis and Baber and Patrick Brown in a discussion with Scott Aitchison. And off to one side, Pierre Poiliev on his own. Because it seems to me that, that Poiliev's scorched earth policy here, where he's, where he's basically taking pot shots at everybody uh, and everything, is having an impact. And even Leslie Lewis uh, took aim at him over, over uh, one subject last night. And obviously Charest and Brown are in a, what, what Poiliev called the little coalition. They were basically tag-teaming Poiliev. If, if Poiliev attacked Brown, then Charest would come into his aid, and vice versa. And I think that leaves Poiliev more or less having to win this thing on the first ballot, because I don't see where his support comes from in a second and third ballot. You know, maybe he drains a little bit away from Lewis's supporters, maybe he gets a little bit of help from Scott Aitchison, but there did seem to be a little bit of a connection between the two of them. Uh, although I, if I was an Aitchison supporter, I'm attracted to Aitchison because of his uh, appeals for civility and, and unity. Right. And probably has the, the antithesis of that. So it's uh, it, it does seem that there is some softening of support for, for Poiliev. That was shown in an Abacus data poll this week. You know, some of his more outrageous statements on the Bank of Canada. You know, I would love to hear what he thinks about the Supreme Court of Canada because I'm pretty sure he's... He'd blow that up too. So everything he's talking about, he wants to throw a hand grenade into. And I, and I think that um, sensible conservatives are now starting to have a second thoughts about whether that's such a great idea. And, you know, unless you're a diehard Poiliev supporter, uh, you might now have second thoughts. They, even if you've signed up as a member, they support him. The memberships are cut, cut off as June 3rd. That does not commit anybody to anything until uh, closer to the date in, in September. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. And, and again, this is the last debate, uh, official debate. There might be others, but not organized by the party. So um, so we'll see what happens in, in the months ahead. Um, and September will be here, you know, as we approach summer. It, those weeks go by fast. So September will be here, uh, I think, quicker than a lot of people expect. John, thank you for sharing yeah. your thoughts today. Thanks, Mark. 
That's John Iveson of the National Post. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Susan Delacourt argues Pierre Poilievre is inching toward the dark places where Donald Trump found votes. Delacourt writes, Show him an institution and Pierre Poilievre will knock it down. The Bank of Canada, the media, anyone deemed a gatekeeper, or the World Economic Forum. He doesn't just disagree with his opponents, he calls them liars. It should be noted that there is one institution Poilievre hasn't directly challenged, at least not yet, democracy itself. But if Poilievre is going to go full Donald Trump in his bid to be the next prime minister, an assault on the legitimacy of the voting system is almost inevitable. In The Hill Times, Tim Powers argues Jason Kenney was caught in a quagmire of his own making. Powers writes, More than one factor undid Jason Kenney. A critical element was his public-facing leadership style. He portrayed himself as a no-retreat, no-surrender conservative leader. That schematic is one that forbids the admission of error and discourages the showcasing of vulnerability or humility. It is characterized by aggressive denouncement of all opponents. Strength is projected by being uncompromising in search of absolute victory. Compromise is weakness. Kenny lapped up the strongman persona, and in the end, it contributed to his political drowning. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun argues the courts shouldn't be thought police. The Sun writes, Whatever your thoughts on the Freedom Convoy, the recent conduct from the prosecution in the Tamara Leach case should be alarming. The prosecution tried to argue that she should be thrown back in jail because she was hoping to accept an award and was therefore violating one of her bail conditions to not support anything convoy-related. The judge reminded the prosecution that the court is not in the business of controlling political views and shouldn't be acting as thought police. While many Canadians may be strongly opposed to what Leach did, any punishment she receives must be proportionate to the crimes she is alleged to have committed. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will meet with families affected by the recent storm in the Ottawa area. He will also vote in an advance poll in the Ontario election. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicini will take part in a funding announcement under the Crime Prevention Action Fund in St. John, New Brunswick. And Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair will hold a media callback during the Global Platform for Disaster Risk Reduction. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, May 26th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.